This is the fear of science. Welcome everyone to The Fear of Science, the show that delves into the wide world of science topics to demystify, debunk, and delight. Each show features a new science fear with special guests and more surprises along the way. I'm your co-host Daniel Chai. And I'm your other co-host Jeff Porter. And because it is the season of love, uh, we decided to try something a little bit different and explore uh, a very powerful fear that affects so many people. Especially Vancouverites. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and uh, with Valentine's very close to us, and if you're listening to this just past, uh, we decided to do this episode on the fear of intimacy. Yes, and commitment. And commitment, yes. <laughs> uh, fears of so many uh, powerful things that I'm sure all of, uh, many of our listeners can relate to. And joining us in studio to talk about this, we have two special guests. I am Susie Rossum, and I am local comedy producer in town, and I am a former tantric masseuse. I am Amy Keller. I'm a relationship and intimacy coach, and I help people feel safe connecting without just talking. Nice. Um, so the the first question we always start off with is is what the episode is about, what the show is about, is why do you think people are afraid of commitment? Well. I think that people are more afraid of entering a commitment without knowing what they're entering. I call it the fear of accidental relationship, oh. right? It was just supposed to be a weekend, and here we are 18 months later. And we never negotiated what the relationship was, and ooh, now I'm feeling trapped because it's too late to ne negotiate it because we're in it. Right. And Susie, what do you think? Um, I think that... Vancouver is one of those cities where it's, you know, it's one of those like world-class elite cities and um, people are just, they're, they're in the rat race here and they're always looking for something better and uh, they always think that they can do better and, you know, before it, they know it, they lose the best thing they ever had, right? And so I think there's just a lack of value on people in Vancouver because we're always pursuing money and ego and elite things. Yeah, yeah, that's a very good point. Um, now, do you think that um, that one gender is more uh, averse to commitment compared to another gender? What do you think, Susie? <laughs> I think women naturally have more options, so we probably surprisingly are the, the least committed out of the two just because we do have, you know, male attention coming at us, you know, you know, without trying, because that's just the way society has been set up. Uh, so, yeah, I think that men just are naturally more loyal. Like, you guys are, you might stray, but you won't leave the relationship, you know? Hmm. Interesting. I, I have, I've seen that there's a switch. There's like a switch in ages. So let me know what you think about this. I feel like up to a certain age, it's it's girls who are, who are like, wanting more commitment and wanting commitment and wanting commitment and and girls are, are wanting and they need it and then they reach a certain age and they realize that hey I don't need it and then it's the men who are like I need commitment I need to commitment I need commitment right so I think there's an interesting switch that happens along the way mm -hmm. have you ever experienced that yeah what and about we, you we all need commitment but I think men and women and individuals need commitment for different reasons too you know like women we want 
people to do our blue jobs for us, take out the garbage and do the manly <laughs> stuff around the house, change the, the light bulbs, you know? <laughs> and men want to be taken care of in older age. <laughs> and what I find is as soon as a man has a commitment, he stops doing those blue jobs. Mm-hmm. Mm. So uh, I've joked that, you know, boyfriends do those blue jobs and husbands don't. They're, it's like... The blowjob. That's a perfect one because, you know, there's that joke that the last blowjob you give is right before you get married. And (laughs) (laughs) so the joke would be for men that the last blue job that they have to do is right before they get married. And then they stop taking out the trash so that every couple can then spend the rest of their lives arguing about taking out the trash. Hmm. (laughs) Now, is that more kind of... Just feeling like you're you're more relaxed in the relationship, and you have since you have that commitment, you you know that you've got that steady relationship. Uh, I think it's about what happens after the honeymoon phase. So when people meet, they're in the honeymoon phase, and then they get together, and they're super excited, and then they move in with each other, and then every relationship goes through a natural phase called the power struggle. Mm. So in that power struggle is when you start having little arguments and pulling back on the things that you normally do to try and get the other person to respond in a certain way. It's actually scientific, Mm. and it comes down to a, a hormone change. Fascinating. See, now I wonder, you know, uh, I, with the listeners who are going to be listening to this episode and, and maybe for, for Jeff and myself and, and for you too, I wonder if everybody thinks that, no way, I'm I'm different. <laughs> Me and my partner, we're, we're special. We are uh, uh, different. Um, but, uh, but, but when you say, you know, scientifically there's a hormone, uh, is that, like, has there been studies on, on this? Like, are there studies in the world of, of love? And uh, and commitment, like is science studies? Yes, actually, there are. <laughs> yes, there are. This is this is my field of fascination. Um, there's John Gottman in in uh, Seattle, and he has been studying couples for forty years, like the same couple for forty years. Wow. So wow. he's actually studied the science of it, like hook them up and watch them argue and watch them be okay and all types of things, and um, I study pheromones and how chemicals change. So when you're with somebody, there's all, you know, dope. I call it dope. Dopamine, oxytocin, uh, what's the P? Pheromones? Pheromones, no. uh, And the whole, all the brain, all the brain chemicals that have lost (laughs) my brain right now. But all of those are sparking and sparking, and then when when you get together, all those chemicals start to settle down a bit and you're not as <gasps> so you start to become more of yourself ah. <laughs> and that yourself piece is also your intimate piece and we have the fear that if somebody sees our true authentic right. intimate self the ugly face we make during those moments mm-hmm. that they won't love us anymore and they won't love and that be- rejection is our most authentic yeah. self so yeah. Take, and, and I think there's like this uh, block that men have about taking direction in bed too, where they, <laughs> they want to be the one in charge, but they shouldn't be half the time, you know, like they should be when they have a good grasp on the woman's body. And until then they should be comfortable taking direction and feel very blessed when they have a woman who's able to kind of show them the way. Because yeah. for a long time, up until my thirties, sex sucked because I was my own age, you know, <laughs> and then I, you know, found somebody who had a sex drive more comparable to mine, a oh. 60-year-old, <laughs> but, you know, like, it just, 
it, it comes with experience. And like you said, the, we settle down in relationships and we settle down in life. Our hormones come down as we get older and we're able to be more rational. I think I you, you learn a lot too as you get older, just that how important communication in, is in a relationship. And once you start communicating with your partner and finding out, you know, this is the kind of sexual stuff that you enjoy mm-hmm. and just being honest and open. And when you're younger, you're just like, oh God, what are they going to think of me? I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then you get into like your 30s, you're like, I don't care. Whatever, yeah. this is me. Yeah. You become less afraid about having those real conversations. I had one with my boyfriend recently where I just said, like, look, we need to talk about this because we're at a standstill right now where we're both kind of like waiting to merge, you know, and waiting to see who's going to take the reins. And I said, you know, like, I'm comfortable in that position, but at the same time, I don't want to do all the work. You know, yeah, I don't want right. to do all the emotional negotiating and be the one to bring things up when things are yeah. tough. And, you know, so like, I need you to work with me. So if I'm taking the reins and calling things out, I need you to to work with me and not fight against it and deny because because that's just going to send me further right. into my uh, closet. You oh, know? Oh. How did he respond or how did you bring up such a subject or how did you tell him to start bringing up those subjects? Uh, just because I noticed that he w- had been emotionally disconnected or like some, there was something wrong and he wasn't telling me, you know, and... It turns out his mom was sick and he'd never told me or anything oh, like that. Geez. Wow. So his mom's in her 90s and lives in Germany and he hasn't seen her in years. So, you know, there's that level of guilt, I think, there too, where he's worried and doesn't know what to do. And, you know, and it's just like, oh, okay, well, now I understand why you're like laughing at things that are not funny and like you're not really right, there right. with me, you know? I wonder, you know, uh, uh, as well as, you know, uh, fear of of commitment, a fear of, of intimacy. I wonder if, you know, some of these things can also be, you know, a fear, fear of rejection, fear of confrontation, uh, which, you know, outside of the relationship we feel every day from our friends, our, our colleagues, um, our, uh, our cat. <laughs> so, Do you feel rejected by your cat, Daniel? <laughs> oh, sometimes. <laughs> so, um, so, so with that, you know, uh, uh, from, from our guests, what can people do? You know, uh, is there like a bigger, uh, you know, it's the classic thing of like, we need to be able to love ourselves before we can be able to love someone else. Is that, do we also need to make a commitment to ourselves as well? Mm-hmm. Mm. I think so. Yeah. We have to, we have to spend our energy wisely. I mean, I'm not saying everybody has a finite amount of energy and we have to piece, piece it out and give people just a piece of the pie and that's what they get, you know, but we have to always remember that we got to direct that energy in words and, and examine why we're reacting and thinking and feeling the way we are. Mm-hmm. I believe people just want to stay connected and that there's the disconnect that makes people start to lose the intimacy even in a conversation and mm-hmm. that the most important thing that people can give each other when it comes to commitment and connection and even in this conversation is presence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's all we really want from each other and I think that that's why it's become so difficult is because of our telephones. Get and phone, Daniel. Yeah. <laughs> and, early, <laughs> and earlier you were talking about Vancouver in particular. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk about this because uh, I work with people internationally and everybody in cities says the same thing about being so difficult to meet people and especially women. So I... In in that case, because women's fear of commitment is the fear of giving up their time and their mm-hmm. energy, because I'm 
unfortunately, we still do make less money than you. Getting our hair done costs 10 times as much as you. Our clothes and everything else costs as much as you. We're busy working to live in a very expensive city. And now guys just want to Netflix and chill. And you're mm-hmm. like, you're taking away from my time where I have to do my hair, do my nails, do my thing, and pay for it. And it's like, so it may look like women are out to get things from men. But they're not. They're more looking and going, are you going to be a benefit to my life? Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. So I encourage men to show up willing to give of themselves. What does that mean? One of my favorite men literally walks around with tools in his in his tool belt. Like, if he meets women, he's like, how can I help you? Mm-hmm. And he'll tell me stories about going to fixing somebody's door. Or he literally, well, let's go to your house. I'll fix it. And they're like, Really? So that, that is an awesome way to show Wait, up. Wait, so where does that leave guys like me who, uh, where my skills is, I, I can write you a blog post. You're, <laughs> wait, you're hilarious. Oh, yeah. You're hilarious. And women love funny men. So. Yeah, there you go. You can host an, an amazing yeah, improv show. That's right, yes. Um, you got it. Yeah. But even, even presence. So even if you're just showing up and going, so where are you? What's going on in your life? And really listening. Or, you know, bringing her a cup of tea. I'm on my way over to pick you up. Show up with a bag of oranges. I mean, it's just something thoughtful. I'm totally going to do that for my next date. Uh, Jenny, if you're listening, orange is coming your way. (laughs) Uh, Now, uh, speaking of technology and speaking of comedy, uh, Susie, you run a show here in Vancouver called Tinder Tales. Mm -hmm. Speaking of technology and speaking of relationship with how that's affected, uh, Tinder Tales has been a huge success here in Vancouver. Uh, It's also run in Toronto as well. It's actually run in several cities so now. It's uh, run in all the major cities in southern Ontario. Um, it runs in Calgary. It runs in Montreal. Those are not my shows. They're right. just, uh, it's, a, it's a franchise, Absolutely, right? Absolutely, right. <laughs> so, yeah. you, know, the, you know, and the reason why it's, it's, it's successful, and uh, I, I lo- I've seen the show a few times, and it's always hilarious, it's, again, because people can relate to relationships how technology has, has uh, uh, you know, affected that. I was wondering, you know, Susie, um, from being at these shows and hosting these shows, uh, is there is there a certain through line? Do you see certain topics come up from the comedians and real people and, and people who uh, share these stories? Um, there, there actually is not one common thread except for like you know, somebody on the date is obviously oblivious and not very in tune with reading between the lines or <laughs> presenting themselves in a respectful manner. That's usually the the general theme is that one of the other people is just <coughs> not versed in the dating world and is just figuring it out. And I think that that's mm. what digital dating is for a lot of people. I think mm-hmm. not everybody ends up in a relationship, but it kind of always starts there because that's kind of how you stick your toe in the water and kind of just like get the ball rolling. Right. Yeah. But I think most people like to meet in person and, uh, you know, or at least get to know each other in person and don't want to just jump into things. Yeah. And right. Tinder is a hookup app. It's I don't think that it's right. made for relationships. You That's know? right. If, you, if you're looking for relationships, use LinkedIn. Now, one of the questions I had as well was um, now has has technology and online da- like obviously technology and online dating has changed or online uh tinder and all that has changed the way dating uh works but but how much how much 
is it different? How much has it changed the landscape? Well, one of the things that I notice is I hear from people and they're unable to have a conversation to get to know somebody. It sounds like a dating profile. So what's your favorite color? Yeah. What do you like to do? What are your hobbies? Have you ever been married? They don't know how to take a conversation deeper. So I like to teach people, A, how to make that initial uh, connection in person. Um, I just shot up a video about this yesterday. So I'm going to share with you my tip. So I'm going nice. to share with you my tip. And Bonus. This is, this is this is really a great tip. I'd love for everybody to try this out in your life because it takes a lot of practice. And the tip is to, even as you're you know going throughout your day, as you make eye contact with people or you're passing people, just practice saying, hey there, hey there, hey there, mm. hey there. And what it does is you're practicing acknowledging people, and we're missing acknowledgement <coughs> these days. So that's what's missing from dating. And is the feeling safe with somebody, feeling feeling a sense of their energy, and knowing how to take a conversation deeper. So if you say, hey there, and you're in a bar or you're at a party, hey there, hey there, then when that person's looking to connect with somebody, they felt welcome with you, and they'll oh. stand next to you and talk to you, and that's how you meet people and make connections. And then if you do ask them something like, what's your favorite color, and they say <coughs> blue, ask them, oh, nice, you'd look great in blue. Do you have a lot of blue clothes? Has blue always been your favorite color? So you st even if it's the most mundane thing, at least ask them questions that are about themselves. Right. And don't talk about the weather. Don't talk about politics because it doesn't something about the two of you. An intimate, connected conversation is something that's about the two of you. Right. So would I have to take my headphones off in order to do this? <laughs> you can smile at people. You can smile at people yeah. and nod. And then point at your headphones. And, be and like, since, you're, <laughs> since I'm not asking you to have a conversation, you actually can say it with your headphones on. Yeah, that's true. Just you're just gone. passing people and going, hey there, hey yeah. there. It's really great practice. Now, it's interesting because, uh, you know, again, speaking of technology changing the world and, and you know, uh, so many ripple effects, you know, uh, the one of the classic cliches of where to meet people was, of course, meeting people in the produce aisle at the grocery store, right? Still the best. Still the best. Uh, really? And, you know, uh, uh, you know uh, that seemed to be a great place to do the, hey there, great. chat with people, right? Mm -hmm. But, you know, but now stores and Amazon and Walmart are delivering these groceries right to my door. Right. Uh, well, how am I supposed to meet people if the groceries has come to me? That's You're going to have to come to one of my singles events. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh there you go. <laughs> Listeners, there we go. Uh, go to, go to uh, one of the single events, and then after a few dates, go and do a Tinder Tales. Right? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I think people just need, they really just need to get out of their house and go to events where they can possibly meet a person. And that's why I love running such an intimate comedy show is it's not like a club where you, you just file in and file out. You can stay after and chit chat with the comedians and other people. Right. And yeah. Part of the problem I find in, in Vancouver, though, is that it's <coughs> difficult to find those situations where people are, are willing to engage with you. You go to, to a pub, like I lived in, in London for a while and I've, I've been to Ireland a couple times. And in those um, city or in those countries, um, you're like everyone talks to each other. You go to the pub, everyone's just, just chatting. doesn't matter if you know them or not. You come to Vancouver, everyone goes to a pub and nobody talks to anyone besides their friends at the mm -hmm. table. So it's, time it's of, difficult. Time of day, do you think that that, <laughs> yeah. do you think that might be because you're traveling? That could be it as well. So what happens when you're traveling is that you've let your walls down. You're super friendly. You're willing to engage with the local animals. Yeah. So, right. yeah. so <laughs> if you know, 
practice traveling in your own town. When I uh, teach men to practice having conversations and, and talking to strange women, I tell them to practice in hotel lobbies because it's the easiest place to let your walls down. Mm. And the people who you're practicing with also have let their walls down. That's true, actually. Now oh, that I think about it as well, that uh, when that, I go to uh, conventions oh, for, yeah. for work, um, I find it so much easier to network and, and get to know people in, in those situations because that's what everyone's trying to do. It's that, it's, I think it's, you talked about before, the, the fear of rejection. It's going to the pub, walking over to that other table, and whether it's a man or a woman, whether you're interested in a relationship or just talking to them as a human being, it's difficult to break down that barrier and be like, I want to talk to you. Can I tell you a funny story? Oh, you're going to love this, Susie. <laughs> Susie, you're going to love this. Okay, so I used to tell guys, because I've coached a lot of men to do this, I, I used to tell guys, you find yourself in a club, you find yourself in a bar, and you're there alone, and you need to go talk to women. I want you to pretend that I'm with you. So go over to that table of women, or go over to the restroom, or go to that table of women and say, have you seen my friend? She's about five foot tall. She's a little bit jiggly. She's got curly hair. She's really, she's really loud. She's dancing all over the place. Have you seen her? And suddenly, they know that you're there with some, like, you know, wild little woman who's obviously not with you. You can say she's older, whatever you want. <laughs> And that way, they're like, oh, no, I'll look. Well, if you see her around, let me know. Do you mind if I hang with you until she comes back? Hmm. And it's like, because men will see, women will see them as less threatening if they're there with a female friend. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. I uh, know. Now, uh, find a solution. <laughs> uh, now, you know, playing devil's advocate, now, uh, you know, with the way, you know, Tech, technology and the world is going. You know, uh, do we do we need commitment anymore with modern relationships? Playing devil's advocate. If you want your life to be easier and you want somebody there to find your, you know, body when you have a medical event, <laughs> I think I just think I just think having somebody around to find your dead body is a good idea. You know, like then your but mom doesn't. Ashton have to Kutcher come in. and Justin Timberlake made it look so easy in their movies. <laughs> I think I think as well there there's a lot of um things changing with relationships nowadays. You look at polyamory, um, or you even just look at people who are, are living very fulfilled life with, with no commitment. They just right. tend to, to date and, and um that's just the way they are. Mm-hmm. Um so I think in a way things are changing a little bit. Oh yeah. Gro- definitely. And gr- growth happens in a relationship. So that's why people look for relationships. So even those people who are content being on their own and they're just dating, there's there's a piece of growth that they're wanting. That's why they're still having relationships. Right. Yeah, they're still having intimacy with friends. And right. I was doing it with clients when I was doing massage for years. So, you know, like for eight years, I didn't have a boyfriend. I had no commitment. And it was great. You know, there was no problems. You know, eventually I did find somebody who I was interested in. But, you know, I think that there's no problem if you're comfortable being single and that's what makes you happy then. I think we all have kind of phases in our life where we want to be alone or with somebody. Lots of people go into marriage and then they have a break for a couple of years and they get back together. And 
Yeah. And I also think that, like you were talking about, the thing about polyamory, and I'm not you know, saying I'm for or against, but the thing that it does have in it is negotiation. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, again, that, I, that we started the conversation with was about commitment. The fear is if you actually have a fear of negotiation, of truth-telling, of how to ask for what we want or even know what we want, because what we want is definitely going to change over time. Mm-hmm. So... Knowing how to negotiate will help lessen the fear of commitment. Yeah. And in a way, polyamory is the extreme uh, want of commitment. <laughs> There's a lot of commitment involved mm-hmm. in those relationships with multiple people. Yeah, it's Extra committing work. to negotiating all day, every day, and all night, every night. I don't know how those people get anything else done. <laughs> <laughs> Very organized. I think, I think that the future in relationships is kind of like halfway between monogamy yeah. And polyamory. Who is it? Uh, uh, Dan Savage. He has that word monogamish. Monogamish. I also yeah. like. Um, there's a there's a place in Mexico. I really love this idea where a marriage is a five year contract, and I love that because then during that five years you're working you're working on it. You're putting an effort to it, and at the end of five years you're either going to renew the relationship or dissolve it. Hmm. So you That's know you're amazing. going into it. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Five years is too long. <laughs> <laughs> so I months. think five years. What do you think <laughs> about this, Daniel? You look uh, like you're. Well, uh, you know, it's like a, a, a side note. Uh, apparently, when uh, One Direction, One Direction was, you know, together, yeah. uh, like but the band, the, mm-hmm, the okay. band <laughs> One Direction <laughs> together, but uh, they they had a contract stipulation that said that if they stayed together for X number of years. I think it was like five years or seven years, some of that. Uh, each member would make uh, an X number of millions of dollars more if they stuck around in that relationship. Um, but I believe it was Zayn, Zayn who left first. So Zayn left one year early, <laughs> and so he ruined it for the rest of them. So, uh, so, so uh, see commitments not just for not just for romantic partners. It's for oh. other things. Oh, for oh yeah. Sure. So I don't know how people yeah. have full time jobs. So in this Mexican, so so in this town, I'm wondering like, you know, it should be like a, you know, if it only lasts like a year, like, are there penalties? Like, is it like, is it like an RSP where if you withdraw earlier, like, do you? I think it would be the opposite. That's ah, what it is. Okay. So the longer you're in a relationship, the more benefits you get, right? Ah, so if you're in a relationship true. for a year, yes. we get to go on a vacation together. Okay. If you're on a vacation, oh, we've made it another eight months. We get to. You know, dinner out. Din- yeah, or we get to move in with each other, right. or already, we get to have a, we buy something together. It already exists with your anniversary. You do the paper first, and then you do the. <laughs> right. Eventually, you get up to like platinum, I think. Yes. Or, yes. <laughs> now we sh- now we should yeah, do that. Platinum? We should do that know. only outside of marriage. It should be like, oh my gosh, we made it to the two-year anniversary because marriages are lasting less and less now. <laughs> so we should reward ourselves at smaller intervals. Yeah. <laughs> Happy six months. <laughs> yeah. Also, Daniel, I didn't know you had so much knowledge of One Direction. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> random pop culture trivia. Yeah, yeah. Harry Styles, I have a teenager. <laughs> there you go. So normally on the show, I kind of end it with talking about the hashtag. Um, so we'll, we'll do the hashtag of whatever the subject is. But... I did hashtag commitment, and <laughs> it was just a gong show. So <laughs> instead, what I'm going to do is I'm going to play a little bit of a, a, a dating term game, a little bit of trivia here. Okay. okay. Um, so I'm going to ask a couple of – I'm going to give you a couple terms, 
Um, Amy, you probably know all of these, I would imagine. I probably don't. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. So we'll see if anyone knows what these are. So the first term is called stashing. Does anyone know what stashing means? Stashing. That's when you have chocolate in your side table in case the sex is really bad. That's when I make my boyfriend hide the chips from it's, me. So it's not finish. far off, actually. So I don't finish off the family-sized Doritos. Uh, is, is stashing where you stash like a, like a second partner just in case your current one doesn't work out? In a way. Um... So stashing is when the person you're dating doesn't introduce you to their friends and family and doesn't post about you on social media. Stashing you in the corning, corner, pretending nothing is going on in the, to the outside world and keeping their options open. Oh. That's called stashing. I see that on Facebook I, I, a lot. I came, I came up with, with a term. Can I share my term with yeah, you? Yeah, for sure. Tethering. Tethering. Tethering is that guy or that girl who has the exact same text that they text to 10 or 20 people at the same time. Hey, baby, how are you? Hey, oh. baby, what are you doing? And he texted that that's tethering. So how many people do you have tethered? Oh, so people tell me, what is he doing? What, what does this mean? And I'm going, nothing. It means nothing. He's right. tethering you. He just hey, sent that message to 20, you 20 other women. Right. Yeah. right. <clears throat> My next term is uh, zombieing. Zombieing. Yeah. Is that like when somebody ghosts you and then co- shows up two years later? That's exactly it. Okay. Yes, that is zombieing. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking that it's like if you're in a relationship and you both know it's it's over, but you're still going through the motions because neither of you are ready to make a commitment to ending it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought you were going to say com- you're both dead on the that's, inside. Yeah. That's true. Fear of commitment of en- to end it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's oh, true. That's yeah. painful to watch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I did. I did a marriage for seven years because of that. <laughs> right. Right. Oh. Well, I've done a marriage for seven years. Like that. Uh, and the oh last God. term I have here is uh, cushioning. Oh, I have some of that. Cushioning. <laughs> I got extra I definitely cushioning. do. I guess that would be having a person in the side just in case. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. See. Yeah. And I bet she's got more cushioning than the one in front. Because <laughs> yeah. I'll say that's usually the case too. Yeah. So the, the actual. <laughs> Right? You want your safety net to be very inflated, Amy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's when you're when you're cushioning someone, it means that you're dating them, but you don't think it's going to end well. So instead of cutting them loose, you prepare for a breakup by chatting and flirting with several other people to cushion the blow when it happens. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. yeah, okay. Oh. So they're so, like yeah. they're like prepping their rebound. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, and just being a horrible person in order to push the other person yeah, away. Yeah, I'm not into that sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah, they're not good terms. They're not good terms yeah. at all. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, that was great. Thank you very much for being Thank on you. the show. Yes. Thank you. Now, uh, before we go, uh, uh, from from all of us, actually, uh, from Jeff and myself as well, uh, from, from our guests, what is one piece of advice that if you could give uh, to someone who's maybe listening and... Uh, has perhaps a, a bit of a fear of commitment, but is looking for that special uh, someone or to take that next step with that special someone. What is a piece of advice that you would give to that listener right now? Get a plant, then get a dog. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can have a human. Oh. <laughs> Baby steps. Mine actually is the practice saying, hey there. 
because mm-hmm. then when you're used to and you have practice saying, you know, hey, and making that initial contact, then you'll be more confident when you're making that initial contact with the person you really want to meet. And those people are all around you. You're standing next to fascinating, interesting people. I urge people to please look up and say, hey there. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Make Connect Vancouver with, a better place. Yeah, absolutely. Connect with the people you have common friends with and common right. interests with. I mean, it really just say helps. hello. Just just acknowledge people, mm-hmm. and that way you'll be used to it. Right? <coughs> mm-hmm. Totally. Uh, for for myself, I think it's uh, uh, not just for potential romantic partners or current romantic partners, but also making a commitment to the other people that we love in our in our lives, uh, our friends, our coworkers, uh, and again, ourselves. Because uh, if we're able to, I think, foster, you know, a, a bit of a, a circle, a bit of a group of people that you can love and trust mm-hmm. in a friend level or a colleague level, then hopefully that will also translate to having you be more comfortable in, uh, uh, in being able to show your true self and being yourself when it comes to a romantic partner. Yeah, yeah. building your self-worth is very important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. I think my advice, I'm just going to steal from Amy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Please do. Uh, earlier when you, you talked about um, making sure that when you're, you're dating that you're actually having a connection and you're talking about real things, not just going through a laundry list of like, the weather, like all that. I think that's my, my biggest advice for, for anybody getting into a relationship and to get over, to create that intimacy in order to create that lack of fear of commitment is, is just make sure you're getting out there and getting connections. And it doesn't even really necessarily mean a relationship, like an intimate relationship with a significant other, but just people in general, just like small talk. It's crap. Practice. Stop doing it. Practice. Yeah, it's crap. Stop doing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no more yeah. small no more small talk. Yeah, I'm oh, anti small talk. Oh man. My boyfriend's default is to talk about the weather and I'm just like, "Okay, no. We're not talking about the weather. We're in a uh, fight." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, we we here at Fear of Science, we're we're not always a fan of the small talk, but we're always here for the big talks and the big discussions and the big learning. Uh, thank you very much to our two special guests. Thanks, um, guys. And thanks. thanks to all of you for listening. Uh, stay tuned for more Fear of Science very soon. Uh, until the next time we're on the air with you. Thank you very much, and thank you for listening.